Kate Mary! You binge watch your average Netflix show and you just want to talk to someone about it. We need to talk to someone we about Louie. We need to talk to someone about Louie. <laughs> Today's episode of Got to Be Done is recorded on the lands of the Ghana people of the Adelaide Plains and the Wurundjeri lands of the Kulin Nation in Melbourne. We pay our respects to elders past and present and any First Nations people who are listening and loving Bluey. Okay, if I ever go, Rusty. Sometimes, Rusty would play with his older brother's mates. One of them being this kid, Tiny, who could bowl really fast. Got him! He was never brave enough to bat. There's another instrument in this question without notice that kind of almost does a, like, bring. Do you know what instrument that is? <laughs> I'll come back to you. Uh, like, it's kind of like a metallic kind of sound, like, pulling back a comb or something like that. Oh, was that um, in the, Jack? Because I, I think they, I couldn't work out what it was, whether it was like a a banjo or a harmonica or something mm. like that at Jack's house. They introduced this new instrument to kind of signal that it's a different. Yeah. But what we didn't know was that when Rusty's dad was away, he'd get a lift home with his mate Jack. And this was his front yard. There's a lot of kind of cool sounds going on. And actually, back to Dan Brum, who's the sound designer, um, mm. he said, yeah, that he kind of worked very closely with music and then also with his own sound effects, especially in that tiny scene, because how do you make the sound of Rusty being hit by Tiny's ball without it sounding too traumatic? And they oh. went with the sound of a tom. Like, so it was just like a... They didn't play with a tennis ball either. They used a proper cricket ball. And they are hard. <gasps> Boom. That's kind of like a bit funny, but obviously there was impact. Kind of yeah. And, and yeah. you know, and it's and it goes, it goes with that tin whistle music so much as well, like that kind of, you know whistling threatening wild west kind of vibe um yeah yeah, but um poor rusty (laughs) i know and that wild west kind of vibe as you're explaining mary is probably the perfect um yeah way that they've kind of captured the almost rogue nature of these teenagers you know inviting little kids to play but only on their terms you know they're high stakes and high danger so um, at least they padded him up that was uh well actually yeah would that happen in real life that (laughs) I reckon it would I I don't I think most you'd be pretty mean-spirited to send a little kid into bat against like someone going at pace yeah and like obviously uh big brother um dig up was wearing pads as well so yeah look they're they're safety conscious either the um (laughs) either these teenagers are safety conscious or the people who bring pressure to bear on bluey to be (laughs) as safe as it can possibly be (laughs) absolutely rusty you can bat if you want but no one's got to go easy on you understand now rusty we see limping away um (gasps) from this game yeah, oh, all the way, God. like in through the front fence, still limping. Like, yeah, that that was a – it was such a smart way to show, you know, it wasn't just 
hit and forget about it. Like he's still thinking about it as he gets home because he's still limping, which then feeds into seeing um, Digger and Rusty in their bunk beds and obviously it's still on Rusty's mind and Digger's as well that he sort of says, you know, maybe Maybe forget about it. Yeah. Yeah. And that determination, I think, really shines through in those moments. Like, did you see the poster on the wall next to Rusty's bed and it's like a dog holding a cricket bat? No. <laughs> I did. And He's it was lying yeah. there in the dark, like, like just sort of looking like looking sort of at like, heroes. Yeah. Yeah. Just like I'm scared, but I, I also like you can see the hungers there. It's, it's quite amazing how they capture that sort of nuance because those balls really do hurt. Like even mm. through pads, you get bruising. So you cop one to the shin and, yeah, ouch. Maybe wait till you're a bit older. This episode is so much about, and uh, yeah, especially this, you know, how to how to face something scary it's really about persistence, which we've seen, you know, that message in so many other episodes, um, you know, way, way back to our favourite bike. Uh, mm. But um, there's a shout out to a couple very persistent episodes in this ep as well that I just loved because when um, Bandit says it was time to mix up the attack and it cuts to Bingo doing a handstand and Chloe flossing. And so handstand and grannies and, like, you know, things that, okay, maybe these adorable girls don't care at all about cricket and whether Rusty persists or not, but, you know, they've found persistence in their own ways as well and it's just such a cute little nod to, yeah, you know, as much as this episode is about cricket, it's about something bigger as well. Rusty didn't want to give up, but he was so scared of Tiny. One day, a letter came. Mum, there's a letter from Dad! I think it would be impossible to watch the next scene, Mary, and not feel almost like a lump in your throat when... Because it is that message of persistence. And to me, this is the Brene Brown moment, really, of Mm -hmm. of the show, because Rusty's at a crossroads, you know, deciding if he's going to keep pursuing the thing he loves or if he'll let, if he'll um, give in to the fear and and be held back. And the, yeah, and go. the pain. <laughs> the pain, the pain of being in the arena, you know, because mm. that's hard. Showing up is really hard sometimes. Um, so, uh, and we see him getting out again, even with all this padding on, and he just stands back and he's really fearful and Tiny just rips out his middle stump. So, yep. yeah, so we see the fear and it's real and it's like the next step is, okay, how do you show up in those moments and keep going even when your instincts are telling you this is too hard. Like and and I think, yeah, that's why this moment to me is so so special getting the letter from his dad. Um, what do we know about Rusty's dad? We've seen him once before in Army. Mm-hmm. Um, we know he is voiced by Anthony Wiggle, mm. uh, who is actually he has a real name, Anthony Field. Um 
has served in the Australian Defence Forces uh, before uh, he found fame and fortune as a wiggle. Um, in the Blueyverse, we know that Rusty idolises him to the extent yeah. that, yes, he plays Army and that's kind of his connection with Jack as well, uh, which we know is a very adorable connection. Um, yeah. But, yeah, this is definitely the most we've seen. And actually all we find out about him in this episode is what he puts in a letter, but he can write a good letter. Oh, yeah, really has. Maybe background in comms. I don't know. Like, you know, talk about <laughs> short, sharp, getting to the point. Yeah, perhaps he's in the signals core. Uh, but, <laughs> um, but yeah, it's to, to be – so this letter puts out a lot um, because he's saying, oh, you thought Christmas up north was hot. Digger. So he's been away for Christmas and he's yeah. somewhere hot. So, which, you know, in the past two decades, Australia's main um, kind of, I guess, war, war fronts uh, has been Afghanistan and Iraq, which, yeah, not surprisingly quite hot. Uh, and yeah, we don't know what his role is. Uh, like, I guess we probably have peacekeepers in places too and things like that. But um, one more um, gem from uh, the Behind Bluey podcast and Joe Brum talking about this episode. Uh, he was explaining, you know, as he was developing the episode and explaining to the people who need to sign off on episodes of Bluey um, that the fact that you'd see Rusty's dad obviously overseas, obviously uh, serving, he was kind of describing scenes that might play out like him, you know, hooked into a chopper, like unleashing fire. Oh, wow. <laughs> and uh, the way he described it, uh, you know, obviously he was joking, but uh, also it sounded very much like he was enjoying kind of uh, striking fear into the hearts of the people who have to uh, approve Bluey or send back that that's not going to make the cut message. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Maybe it's just pushing boundaries. It's like, yeah. what can I get away with here? What will they let me do? This tiny sounds like he's got some pace on him. He does. I wish I could be there to bowl a few at you, but I can't right now, mate. But look, as you grow up, you'll face harder things than a cricket ball and you'll have two choices. Back away and get out. Whose bat is it? Or step in front. <laughs> And play a full shot. Just keep your eye on the ball and take care of your little sister for me. Love, Dad. So yeah, as the scene shows, no, it's it's a very it's a very laid back letter writing position that um yeah. <laughs> that Rusty's it's dad is iconic, right? Like you imagine the digger in the trenches, you know, like we saw so much imagery out of the world wars, you know, of the the Anzac with the the green hat yeah, and that's like true. writing letters to loved ones and yeah. Yeah, I don't think this was a trench. He seemed quite high up. Oh no, he was he was definitely not in a trench, but I mean just that sort of <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Sort of like you know the the hat. Yeah, the, the, the yeah, the hat down. Yes, that's yeah. iconic, definitely. Um. Anyway, I just love what he wrote to Rusty though, and mm -hmm. and I think it has to be my line of the episode, Mary. You know, as you grow up, you'll face harder things than a cricket ball, and you have two choices: back away and get out, or step in front and play a pull shot. Just. Advice for the ages, really, Mary. Um, 
It would be if I knew what a pull shot was. <laughs> <laughs> so a pull shot is basically when you just hit it as hard and far as it'll go, but like usually a pull shot would get you a, like a six or a four in, in okay. terms. So ah. if you're stepping out front, you're stepping up to the ball. It's a bit riskier because you're you sometimes you're leaving, leaving the wicket wood. undefended. Yeah. Yeah, okay. yeah. So, you know, you can step forward and you want to really be at it. But if you keep your eye on the ball and you follow through, you generate a lot of power, you know, that okay. sort of um, propels the ball off into space. So, ah. yeah. Wow. And it works, obviously. Well, I think it depends on the positioning of your field and all sorts of things, Mary, but we'll, you know, we'll leave that Okay, it, it works for Rusty, yes. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's – and then and then the kicker um, and look after your little sister for me. Yeah. Um, like it sets up so much. But, yeah, there's so much – It's courage and there's responsibility so much in one advice little – There's yeah. sort of bundled up in there. Like he – you know, so hard to give your kid advice in that moment when they're feeling overwhelmed by something. And I must, like, Rusty's dad probably is taking an approach that I try and fail to do, like, fail to land quite often is that, oh, I'll just put it in perspective from them. Oh, the cricket ball's not the hardest thing you're going to face. But I guess manages to say that in a tone that isn't, so toughen up it's and here's the practical advice to help you do it and well I think practical advice counts for so much more than perspective to me you're a comms expert Mary talk me through it like (laughs) you know he meets the emotion where Rusty's at to start right like because you're saying this tiny fella sounds tough tough Yeah. yeah so that's an immediate like empathy eliciting kind of response yeah yeah and then and he's like I wish I could be there to bowl a few at you you know so yeah so it's connection so it's looking for that connection and being like you know so you're not you wouldn't be facing this alone but Mm -hmm. you know and then as you grow up you'll face harder things at a cricket ball and you'll have two choices I, I feel like you know, and this doesn't work for every kid, admittedly, but sometimes like, and maybe Rusty's the kind of kid it would work for, is you can kind of spell out the options and then they really feel that they've got choice as to which direction mm. they take it. Some kids just yeah. want to know what the right thing to do is, but I feel like Rusty would be like, I want to make up my own mind on this, but I need to understand like what the alternatives are here. So, um, it's so yeah, I hadn't thought about that the two choices um but I've seen um you know Ash Barty the Australian tennis player yeah she's just had a baby yeah oh congrats Ash Barty um and I think he had a relatively normal name like it was quite yeah surprising (laughs) you know celebrities are always picking very strange names for their offspring like it's somehow going to distinguish them in the world um, yeah, uh, look, as someone with abnormally named children who isn't a Children are fine. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. Okay, good to have that endorsement. Um, I bring up Ash Barty because she, uh, as she went to Wimbledon, very famously, famously had a mindset coach, uh, mm. Ben Crow, who's had a lot of, you know, and they've sort of had a lot of coverage of how 
she changed her mindset to to start really winning tennis and doing big things. Um, but I've saw this coach Ben Crow speak recently, and it was actually on another podcast, a live podcast, uh, the Australian um, podcast, The Imperfects, which is kind of just all about doing life better. A lot of parenting in there. Um, but what his message really boiled down to was just recognizing what you can control and what you can't control. And that is something I've found really useful as uh, to have in my mind as you kind of try and manage problems for kids um, that, yeah, just like Rusty's dad does map it out. Like really there are only two choices here. There's a lot going on that you can't control. You can't get him to bowl softer. You can't, you know, increase the size of your bat. You can step away or step forward. And, yeah, I think um, nailing the comms on that because he's really drilled it down so simple and kids kids do understand simple. Like did your parents ever sit you down and, like, do a pros and cons list? <laughs> oh, the eye roll. <laughs> Look, probably. Because I know I do it now. So, yes, I would say, yes, we probably did do them. But, yeah, I don't really rem- – I don't have strong memories of it, mm. though. I, 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 I don't even remember what I was prosing and conning the first time I did it. But I remember being sat down – like I didn't know what a pro or a con was until I was mm. sat down to do it. But that kind of – like, and, you know, it, that's a lot more convoluted than this very simple message and – uh. I guess there's a there's a time and an age to do that kind of thing, but with little kids, yeah, no, nah, don't throw your pros and cons list out the window. Like that is way too complicated. <laughs> you need to. It's up to the parent to kind of distill its simple options and yeah. just choosing one. Yeah, yeah, it's hard though. It's a hard one to get right, but I, I really feel like Rusty's dad just nails it here. So, mm. and and the. The confidence you give your kids too in in giving them choices that they can kind of go, right, well, I am scared. But, you know, for Rusty, going out isn't an option, you know, because he loves the game so much and he's he's leaning into that love. It's interesting too that no one's like really forcing him to do it and driving him to do it. So he's just Mm. found this love for himself, which is so nice. Yeah, I I love that, but it does make me think. Then actually, is Rusty's dad really giving him a choice when he knows? Well, actually, going out isn't an option. <laughs> so he's telling him what to do. Yeah, um, but that's helpful. You know, sometimes you just want to know what to do as well. So <laughs> yeah, sometimes that can be motivating, I suppose. Mm. But yeah, the fact that his dad would let it, it's more. Yeah, my main takeaway from that letter is that the dad has the confidence that Rusty could do that mm. without even saying, I be- you know, I believe in your son. Just, well, like, obviously you, can do you this. could just step forward. Yeah, yep. And, yeah, it's it's the idea. And he said, oh, yeah, I could. I like that. Yeah, I do too. Lucky's dad had no chance. Oh! Wow! dog! So um, Pat gets bold, you know, like <laughs> right off the pitch. 
and it seems like the game's kind of over. Um, but oh, lunch has been called, yeah, yeah. But glory is on the line now, Mary, and you can see um, that Pat is not yet prepared to let it go. Lunch time! Lunch! Nah, hang on, Rusty. One more. Okay. Literally, he's grabbing onto Dusty. Like, well, if your sister, your sister's not going anywhere until you're out, kind of thing. Such a, such a uh, aggressive move. Yeah, yeah. But as we've said, like as we've already gone over, you know, he's not the bad guy in this episode. Uh, although maybe the this one's for dignity, slightly, uh, slightly priorities in the wrong place, kind of guy. Yeah, <laughs> it's really where you get your dignity. I don't know. <laughs> I told you you wouldn't get Rusty out. Come on, Pat. This one's for dignity. Lucky's dad put everything he had into that ball. Whoa! And Rusty could have smashed it into next week if he wanted to. But instead... Pat, I got it! He hit his little sister a catch. Oh, you got me! And what a moment when Rusty just gently like skies it up so that Dusty can can catch it on the fall, like just yeah, giving her a sitter, and and then the expression how they soften on the grown ups' faces as well. That's so nice. Yeah, oh, soft soft shock, I would say, because yeah, especially Lucky's dad uh, who bowled it is just like yeah jaw dropped for the next you know rest of the episode (laughs) well I think you know and part of that would be because if you've got a pace like that coming at you to then to be able to control the ball to the extent that Rusty Mm. can just to hit it on the perfect angle so it goes straight into Dusty's arms Mm -hmm. that shows such a level of skill and competency in that little dog so yeah, oh, he's just the best. He is the best. Yeah, and it's no um, wonder then that um, yeah, that all those years later we're watching him <laughs> high fiving. Like, did you ever listen to the podcast that Viola Davis did with Brene Brown um, about her life? No. Oh, it's so good. I highly recommend. So if you listen to, I think it was on the Unlocking Us pod podcast with Viola Davis the award-winning actress Mm -hmm. and she was saying that she imagined her life when she was younger as a relay where she was passing the baton on to the next woman behind her and then she said and then as I aged I realized this version of me was preparing the baton on the relay for me in my next phase of life. Ah, and that's a cool concept. It just made me think about, you know, how Rusty is then high-fiving his older self, all this groundwork he's put in, all the love, all the passion, all the hours, Aww. you know, and then mm. he's relaying to the next version of himself. Yeah. You know, in that, in that professional, yeah. Yeah, I've done the hard work. You've got it from here. <laughs> yeah, well, no, like – yeah, well, I mean, there re- there would be hard work because what is it? It's like ten thousand hours it takes to make an mm-hmm. expert or something like that. But um, yeah, just 
there's a there's a joy and a lightness to it as well, which I think is really beautiful. And I love that he thanks the bowlers because that's a real, um, you know, they call cricket cricket the gentleman's yeah. sport, and and that's like when you're playing informally, you are meant to thank the bowlers as well. So the fact that they even do that uh, is such a nice little nod. That's uh the other part of my white line fever parenting um of our street cricket is yeah just trying to get the kids to all uh thank each other it's uh 50 50 we really need a rusty in our court to set some standards (laughs) (laughs) um tell you what rusty not only a great cricketer and actually I think this might have been my like everything you said about your brain a moment uh Kate completely back it but my my other one uh was just how much Rusty was like, oh, wow, like, you know, played it that uh, he'd really been caught out by Dusty and he just couldn't believe it. And, you know, like, yes, absolutely give him the Ashes trophy, but, uh, yeah, chuck chuck an Oscar in on the side, I reckon. (laughs) It's it's convincing and adorable. I got you out. I know. I can't believe it. What a catch. <laughs> Real shades of charades on there. You Actually, know, like, yes. They're going to yeah. look after the little the little Yeah, the little ones. Yep, love it. MVP of the episode, Mary? Uh, you'll never guess, but <laughs> even though he plays cricket, uh, yeah. I'm going to say Rusty. Yeah, I. it's hard to go past that little red dog. Like, he really is the goodest boy. Mm. I know we've already talked about music, Kate, but this tune that plays all the way through, um, Joff Bush talked about it on Behind Bluey, um, and uh, it's actually one that the the first seeds of the tune came from Pluto Jones or Lachlan Nicholson, who... I've realised it's just scored so many of my favourites, including Fruit Bat and um, Army and Grandad um, with Joff Bush, of course. Uh, But Joff made a really good point that, you know, it's even been played when Big Rusty is walking out like onto the field and he could almost imagine like it being a crowd chant or like a crowd song that they all sing, which is very front of mind for me because how many crowd songs get kind of uh, uh, woven into uh, Ted Lasso. (laughs) But it made me think like what would the lyrics be um, if this song like had a, you know, kind of, you know, Rusty Kelpie loves cricket and, you know, if what would actually get a, (laughs) whole you know mcg or brisbane gabba singing along with it but how can we make this happen (laughs) it's a real challenge there mary i'm into it though like i reckon it would be pretty simple like i need to listen to the tune again to get it in my head but you know it'd probably just be rusty (laughs) rusty. actually you know like (laughs) Because this was like a very successful thing in the cricket in the 80s that um, everyone was singing along to Come On Aussie, Come On, which, you know, not the most advanced of lyrics, I'm going to (laughs) say. 
Um, but like but- so many of the great players had like their own little thing, right? Like Warnie. Warnie. Is that a song? <laughs> no, it's more of just a chant. But you know, like mm. yeah. But like it, it probably happens in most sports. Ooh, ah, Glenn McGrath. You know, like yeah, that okay, sort of yes, yeah. classic. Um, but yeah, probably like less so in footy, which is my main kind of sport. But in Ted Lasso, um, you had like Jamie Tart who had the Baby Shark song yeah. put to his name, which was just glorious. I, th- I think I remember more- looking that up at the time, and it had actually come from. Um, baseball, like there was a player in baseball who'd had that before Jamie Tart, and I was so outraged. Like, oh, <laughs> you know, credit to them and whoever came up with it. Look, there is nothing more wishy than an English football stadium. I reckon, like, just <laughs> yeah, okay. Some of, some of the banter is um, amazing. So yeah, but um. Yeah, they're feeling a bit of pain at the moment with the ashes, so we'll, we'll wait and see. <laughs> uh, everyone who listens to this podcast knows how just beautiful-hearted Kate is. She looks quite delighted uh, saying that statement. <laughs> <laughs> Uncharacteristic, Kate. Oh, uh, look, you there's, there's competitiveness here. It's okay. So, yeah, I'm just leaning into it, you know. Leaning into it in the same way my husband was once wearing his whites and replaying every stroke of the Aussies. So, you know, I'm trying to be a supportive wag, Mary. That's what cricket's about, kid. Had a line of was your line of the episode from the letter the oh, whole letter yeah I think it has to be the whole letter but maybe if I was just going to pick out one bit it's like as you grow up you'll face harder things than a cricket ball I, I just mm. it's such a beautiful line that really brings it back you know it expands it from just being about a game to being about life and how to move through the world and um, you know and I think what a beautiful thing to want for your kids that they're brave enough to face up to the things that scare them. Mm. You know, if it means that they can, they dig deep and get to really experience the thing that will bring them joy, you know, cause, cause it's hard to learn new things. So yeah, I, I, I just think it's beautiful. I got quite <laughs> emotional when I heard it. So mm. oh, yeah. Look, obviously, tears for days uh, here. Uh, I think my line actually might be an educational one for me. And like you say, it's hard to learn new things. But he likes a square cut. You and me move to gully and point. And uh, I knew what none of that meant. But I've since looked at like a labelled map of a cricket field and realised I will never know all the positions because there are so many and they don't I even make detail. sense. I have a tea towel. If I ever really? find another, I'll send you. Yeah, because I. All right, so, you know, like, I was when, especially when we started dating, I wanted to be a very supportive like girlfriend and understand things. So you are like, so lovely. 
so often like we're just watching things and I'm like, so why does he do it like this here and then not like this? But yeah, I can talk like, you know, there's all sorts of positions. There's like gully, there's long gully, you know, there's, you know, well, like short so point, fine point, you know, off point, you know, whatever. I did establish that one side is leg side and the other side is off side. Yes, that's correct. Okay. And, which, and it depends, though. It changes depending which way, if the batsman's right or left-handed, which side. That so everything swaps if the if the batsman's yeah. batting left-handed instead of yes. This game, honestly, like I am trying here, <laughs> and I've had a lot of guilt watching this episode. That there's a lot of things in my life. I was like, I am not interested in that because everyone's interested in that, uh, or you know, I will never understand that or lots of reasons that I've just been like, nah, that will never be for me. And I'm trying to be open-minded about so many more things. Like, and it's, which comes with having kids. Like I have to be open-minded about Pokemon now. Like I can't tell you how. (sighs) Mary, Um, my kids are really into electronic dance music, especially Red Foo. I, you know me, you know me enough with this podcast to know that that is not my favorite genre of music. <gasps> Let's get uh, ridiculous! It's been on high rotation in my house, and it's a little uh, bit stressing, to be thoughts fair. Thoughts and prayers. <laughs> But Will just loves getting down to like dirty beats. I'm like, yeah, okay, well, okay, look, we're trying to be open minded here. Okay, okay. So we're on the same page. I will keep trying, but yeah, I I don't know. I don't think a tea towel will be enough to get me over the line with uh, understanding <laughs> cricket. It's about <laughs> investing your time wisely, right? Like, you know, like. I don't know. I've, Tim has always invested time in the things that are important to me. Cricket is something important to him, so I'm prepared to, yeah. I'm, to try and uh, understand something that brings him joy. Well, that, yeah, I think that whole experience has stood you in very good stead for having isn't that red food-loving children. Well, like, <laughs> yeah, age isn't that into cricket. So, you know, same no, as you're investment, right. no. you know, like, yeah. I've had to pretend to care about the particular players of West Coast Eagles that he's (laughs) screaming at at any given day. But, yeah, I don't think I've faked it as well as you have actually done it. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, look, it's been a long-term investment. So, you know, like, yeah, um, there's a lot of knowledge you can acquire with, like, long periods of investment over many years. (laughs) I have acquired a lot of knowledge from cricket. I feel like maybe people have acquired knowledge from this podcast. I'm going to like enjoy listening back and seeing what I've actually retained. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah, there's, it's been a bit of a waffle, so I'm really sorry to the people. But look, I think um, in short, this is a love letter and it's a beautiful one and it's teaching us all something a bit about life as well as a game that is deep in the heart of many Australians. So what more could you ask for? And and an absolutely perfect way to see out the latest run of episodes. I was so glad we got this as like a little bonus, Mary. Oh, it was yeah. so nice. Yeah, that was so well done. Still don't know when next episodes will drop, but the hot tip is there's an episode called, oh, no, what is it? It's like a Halloween Sorry. episode. Yes, yeah, and it's called like it's Pumpkin Bucket or something like that. Uh, it's not called that. Ghosty um, bucket? Was it? Ghosty something? Ghost basket? 
Do we think that's the Halloween one? So, yeah. So, hot tip is that's a Halloween episode. And, yeah, Halloween uh, in Australia, I believe in the rest of the world, is uh, <laughs> October 31st. So, yeah. perhaps new episodes in October. Ooh. Ooh. Um, oh, see what we did there? It was like Halloween. <laughs> <laughs> All the sound effects. We need a creepy tin whistle to come in. Yeah. Um, look, I don't know. Tell us what you know. Tell us if you've learned anything from this episode. Tell us anything. You should hit us up on socials because uh, <laughs> we have talked for a very long time. Um, <laughs> it's Bluey Pod. editing this, Mary. <laughs> uh, I am going to have a educational ball. Um, it is at Bluey Pod on Insta, at Bluey Podcast on Twitter. Got to be done, the Bluey Podcast on Facebook. And you can email us uh, like uh, lovely Pete and Sarah did um, about cricket. Also, they spotted Captain and Mia from Barky Boats playing in the game with Digger's Mates, uh, which was such a good spot and I love that they're still around. Um, Yeah. Still together, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, just being 12 together. Um, can't wait to do it again in a more uh, possibly less educational and more contracted style, Kate. Uh, <laughs> but in the meantime, thank you for all your wisdom. And thank you, Mary. <laughs> and it's got to be, be done. done. Bye. Bye. Come on, Pat. This one's for dignity. <laughs> <laughs>